How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ostito Sports Talk. I can't even begin to explain how hyped I am to be joined by Jake Eckberg, aka the host of Spark NFL. He is our special guest for this episode. Again, I am so excited to be talking with him and to be giving you guys some amazing content about how he fell in love with sports and how he broke into the sports industry. I'm guessing a lot of people that are going to be listening to this episode are going to find out some things about Jake that you probably didn't know, and I think it's going to be an incredible story. Uh, We're going to start with talking about how he kind of fell in love with sports, you know how it is, broke into the sports industry, all that jazz, and then we're going to get into some awesome NFL talk for about 15-20 minutes towards the end. You guys are in for an amazing episode. We are recording on Sunday. He also just launched his very own um, page called The 7th Inning Beer. We can kind of touch on that a little later on, but he is up to a lot of stuff. Obviously, he has a full-time job. Uh, Jake, I'll introduce you. How you doing, man? Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, man. It's honestly a pleasure to be here. I don't go on podcasts often, but when I do, I make sure, give it my all, and I, I'm ready to answer any questions you're going to throw my way. Heck yeah, man. I just love the organic conversation, so uh, don't feel pressured at all. I just want this to feel like a conversation. You know, I'm not trying yeah, to just interview you, not trying to uh, interrogate you or anything like that, man. So uh, let's dive right into it. Um, basically, you know, obviously a huge sports fan. So just talk about if, if you did, what sports did you kind of play growing up as a kid and take me through your journey about how you just fell in love with store uh, with sports from a young age. Yeah. So for me, I started playing baseball around the age of six, seven, pretty much when everyone else would start playing T-ball and all that. Um, it's the only sport that I really played religiously throughout my life. I played up until I was a junior in high school. I was, I was actually pretty good. I don't, I don't want to brag or anything, but I could throw a fastball in the low eighties and I was a lefty. So I was getting some interest from college level coaches, nothing too special though. Unfortunately that came to an end. I messed up my arm one day out on the mound um, still can't throw a fastball over 60 now, which sucks. But uh, other than that, I played basketball for a few years. I'm short. I'm like 5'9", so it's not really the, the sport for me. So that's why I was really all in on baseball growing up. Played a year of football. Wasn't for me. Parents didn't like the idea of getting hurt and the concussions and all of that. So that's my sports background right now. I play beer league softball as any other college graduate that wants to stay in shape does. So, I mean, that's fun during the summertime, but when it comes to me breaking into the sports industry and falling in love with sports, I'll tackle falling in love with sports first. It was 2011 St. Louis Cardinals make their first postseason run that I can remember. And I fell in love with David Freeze. Oh, yeah. David Freeze and the World Series game six and game seven just absolutely carried the team on his back. Watching your favorite team from your hometown, St. Louis, like win a world win a World Series. That's not something a lot of people can say that they've watched and that they can remember. And that's where my love of baseball really began. Um, my love for football, obviously, born and raised in St. Louis, the Rams. We're, we're never really that good. Um, and then the way they left St. Louis to go to LA kind of left a bittersweet taste and a lot of St. Louis's fan base and all of that. 
So when I moved up here to Wisconsin and I was surrounded by crazy cheese heads, I just decided to uh, join the flock. I was like 10, 11, very impressionable kid, wanted to fit in at the new school. So here I am, what, 12, 11, 12 years later, still a diehard Packers fan. Um, even though it comes with its heartbreaks, every NFC championship game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Next, next year, next year, they'll finally get a win. I'm, I'm hoping because Rogers is running out of time, but that's yeah, a different, that's a different conversation. Oh yeah. That's, that's what all you Packers fans are saying. Look, I'm a Steelers fan. I have nothing against the Packers. I honestly have started to really like Aaron Rodgers from the Pat McAfee show. He's honestly hella funny. Yep. Um, so I would I would love to see that you know like a, I think you were talking about you know on on the Spark page Packers Bills that's what we all wanted to see that's what I wanted to see too man would have yep. been a much better game, um, but just to, I'm just kind of curious so because you grew up in St Louis so once the Cardinals won that that World Series in 2011 was that kind of your launch pad into falling in love as a sports fan, like where you started to fall in love with football, basketball, hockey, or did you kind of fall in love with some of those sports before then? Yeah, that was kind of the the big turning point, the 2011 World Series, because that same year, um, watching the Cardinals win the World Series in October, and everyone's like, oh, you're, you're a Cardinals fan, why aren't you a Brewers fan, and all of that. And then that following February, watching the, or was it the year before, the Packers winning the Super Bowl. It was 2010, right? Year yeah, before. so that, was, yeah. That, that happened in 2011, mm -hmm. it was February. So watching the Packers win and then watching the Cardinals win in that 2011 short span, that's really like, wow, this is awesome. I love being behind my teams. Like um, I got called a bandwagon Cardinals fan a lot, but it's like I said, it's, I've been with them since I was born and I've got the Cardinals blood in my system. So, um, and then, you know, I'm not really that big of a basketball fan, but um I really broke into the sports industry through the Milwaukee Bucks, Wisconsin Herd organization. So, I mean, the NBA is growing on me. It's not something I'm going to go out of my way 82 times a year to watch. Whereas I would, I would love to watch all 162 Cardinal games if I could, but it's something that I'll go and enjoy. And I enjoy working for the Bucks and the Herd and all that. And I know you wanted me to get into the sports industry some more. So we could possibly segue into that if you want me to. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, I actually kind of have that in my notes for a question that I'll ask you later on because I am really interested because obviously you're, you're kind of work part-time with the Bucks and the Brewers and that has nothing to do with football, man. It's just really cool how you're like heavily involved in like all mm -hmm. four major sports basically. Um, I just, so I'm just kind of curious because the Rams used to be in St. Louis, obviously. So you were never a Rams fan. Like, were you ever close to being a Rams fan before you became a Packers fan? Like you kind of talked about how you became a Packers fan with, you know, being surrounded by all the cheeseheads. Yeah. But, uh, when it comes to like the St. Louis Rams, did you ever have an interest in them? Nope. Never once went to a game. My parents were never big in football. So we never went to a game. Didn't really watch football growing up until I moved to Wisconsin. And then all my friends were like, let's hang out on Sundays and watch the game at so-and-so's house. And then that's when I fell in love with the Packers and wanted to fit in with everyone else liking the Packers and the rest is history. Yep. Yeah, so not, no, not really a, not really a Rams fan. And I know if I would have transitioned to an LA Rams fan, I would get, oh, you're a bandwagon because obviously they made the Super Bowl and, 2018, 2017, and then they made 
they played the Packers last year in the playoffs and they're favorites again next year. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, honestly, you know, looking at it now, I think you probably made the right decision. I don't know. Yep. I, I, feel I like am it's... happy with the decision I made. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's good stuff, man. I, I'm on a similar boat when it comes to baseball. Like I became a giants fan once they won the world series in 2010 and okay. I think it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, you became a fan because they won the World Series. You're a bandwagon. But I think you're not, like, in the long run if you stick with that team. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. That's the thing is, obviously, when you get into sports and you start liking your favorite team, most of the time it's because, like, they have somewhat relevancy, like, to, you know, either mm-hmm. they're playing really well or they're making the playoffs. So, you know, you start watching them because they're local. But... Like, you know, the Giants are probably going to be pretty bad for the next few years, and I'm not going to not be a Giants fan because of it. You know what I mean? I'm a diehard Giants fan, and I think once you stick with that team, then, you know, you're able to kind of prove your your fandom (laughs) over a period of time, especially when your team kind of sucks for a while. Yeah, for sure, and that's how it was with the Packers. They had, I think it was 2017, 2016, where Rodgers was hurt, and McCarthy was coaching, and they weren't (laughs) doing well at all, and I still stuck with them and now I've been, I mean, I'm, I'm still with them and now I'm just getting heartbroken every time they make an appearance in an NFC championship game. So if I wanted to leave, I could, but I'm not going to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love what you said. Uh, I think it was either right. I think it was right before the NFC championship game. Someone asked you like, what would you do if the Packers lost this game? Like how much would it ruin your life? And you're like, Look, to be honest, I would be upset, but I'm just going to keep living my life to the fullest. And I, I just yep. love that. You know what I mean? And that's the thing you got to kind of realize as a sports fan. It's like you could be a diehard fan for your team, but you kind of have to find that balance to where like you can't let it just ruin your life or just like ruin your mood because I don't know. It's kind of like mm-hmm. you don't want to bring work home. You know what I mean? You don't want to bring sports into affecting like other aspects of your life. So I hope it didn't uh, ruin your life too much, but obviously it was upset. It's upsetting to see them just kind of fall just short like uh, especially especially when your team has the reputation of falling short the game before the super bowl like you just want to prove them wrong and then next thing you know it's another l and you got your dms flooded and yeah Yeah, man Uh, i had a question about st louis specifically so growing up in st louis just for for like for example i've never been to st louis and i have a feeling a lot of people you know across the u.s have probably not been to st louis they might not be familiar with st louis but you know if you grow up in the east coast it's like oh yeah east coast sports are huge or if you grow up in california it's like sports in california is basically a huge thing so mm-hmm. growing up in st louis how how is the sports community there like what are the vibes like growing up in st louis as a sports fan like wh- what's the fandom like over there yep it's it's definitely a baseball town mm-hmm. baseball comes first always has probably always will um that's why, obviously, when I was growing up, that was the sport that I got pushed into playing for my parents. I'm happy that they did that for me because, obviously, baseball is my favorite sport, favorite thing to watch. Uh, worked in, I worked part-time for baseball teams. Like, um, But when the Blues won the Cup in 2019, um, the city really rallied behind them. And now there's a sense of hockey culture that really wasn't there because prior to them winning that cup in 2019, they were borderline hot garbage for the previous like 50 years. And there was really no reason to idolize the blues, idolize their players, want to try to be like them and because they just weren't winning. 
and they weren't really that well ran, but now everything's different. So to summarize St. Louis sports, it's basically baseball and hockey. Um, I know when the XFL launched, they had some of the best attendance for the XFL games, home games in St. Louis. And I expect that to happen again, whenever that gets relaunched. Um, Cause it's always been a nice football town, but it's, it's always baseball first. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, obviously like the St. Louis Cardinals are probably one of the most like historic franchises mm-hmm. in all of sports. Like, you know, even my, some of my grandma's friends like grew up in St. Louis and they went to Cardinals games. I feel like it's just like a generational thing. That's yep. kind of part of St. Louis's identity for sure. Um, so I do kind of want to dive into kind of how you broke into the sports industry, kind of that journey. And you touched on it earlier, you know, specifically with mm-hmm. the Brewers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Was it like in high school? Like I, I know you, you obviously went to college and you got your degree. Did you kind of make that connection through going to college? Like how, how did that happen and how did those opportunities kind of arise for you? Yep. So I broke into the sports industry as a sophomore in college. I believe that was 2018. Um, and my first position was with an indoor football league team. And the indoor football league team is it's arena football. Um, the field's only 50 yards long, so it's very action-packed, high scoring. Um, people get banged up against the boards all the time. They go flying over the boards. It's really cool, very <laughs> underrated league. Um, I saw a couple of weeks ago that they're expanding, so that's awesome. So what I did for them was I was a social media intern, ran the Twitter, ran the Instagram, made all the graphics for halftime, end of game. Every time we scored, I would be live tweeting who scored, how they scored. And it was unpaid and people were like, why are you dedicating your time and your money driving up to Green Bay from college, like to go there and just be there and not get paid or anything like that. And honestly, for anybody that's trying to get into the sports industry, you have to start at the very, very bottom and you have to make those sacrifices because once I was able to put the Green Bay Blizzard social media intern on my resume, it opened up the doors to the Bucks and the Brewers. So after that internship wrapped up, I met a connection through LinkedIn, worked for the Timber Rattlers, which is in, which is in my area, which is a single A team for the Brewers. And they brought me on immediately as a game day staff, working in the concession stands, working out in the parking lot. And at least there I was getting paid, I was getting paid minimum wage, but it was an upgrade from the blizzard, social media, not getting paid at all. So um, worked, worked my butt off the first summer, um, made an impression with the full-time staff. And one of the full-time staff also worked for the Milwaukee Bucks. So I got to know him pretty well over the summer, talking to him, asking him what his journey in the sports industry industry has been like. And he's like, yeah, I work for the Milwaukee Bucks, Wisconsin Herd, and we're trying to bring on some people to run our game operations as like an internship level position. And I think if you apply, I'll put in my word for you. And that's exactly what happened. I applied, put in that good word for me. And next thing I know, I'm working for the Bucks and the Brewers. So what I do for them so as a game operations intern, I get to the I get to the stadium. I game days at like noon for a seven p.m. tip off, and we're setting up 
the giveaways for the night. We're setting up whatever theme it is, whether it be like a Star Wars theme night, whether it be a retro night, we're setting all that stuff up, um, setting up the kids play area. We're organizing everything on the seats, programs. We're getting giveaways ready. We are, once the doors open, we're finding contestants to help um, go out on the court, have fun and get our sponsorships like seen through those promotions and games. So like one of them that we would do is the pick and save half court shot, pick and saves the local grocery store. You make the half court shot, like you get like a year's worth of groceries. Like you got a hundred dollars type in a week, pretty cool. And like my job is to get everyone hyped up for it. Find the contestants that want to do it. Um, so like it's stuff like that throughout the whole game. I'm constantly running around trying to find people that want to go out on the court, have fun, enhance their experience at the game and all of that. And then once the game ends, I'm in charge of getting the players from the locker room, getting them out onto the court for autographs, um, setting up one-on-one interviews with press after the game. So it's a lot. Wow. That, that's <laughs> yeah, some good stuff. It's a lot. Yeah. So I did that for two seasons. Um, I'm still employed there, but obviously with no fans in attendance nowadays, it my job hasn't been deemed essential yet, but hopefully maybe by the end of this year, maybe at the beginning of next NBA season, I'll be back working for them. Um, and then after two years of working for the Timber Rattlers and the Brewers organization, they asked me to be a marketing assistant, which is part-time. Um, and that was supposed to happen last summer, but obviously minor league baseball was canceled last summer. Mm-hmm. So that was a bummer, but they said, we'll bring it back for 2021. They just released their schedule. I'm getting ready to get back into it. And what I'm going to be doing there, it's kind of like the same stuff as the herd and the bucks. I'm going to be out on the field conducting all of the promotions, the games, um, finding fans that want to participate in that, um, setting up theme nights, helping out the box office with tickets, helping individuals who maybe are buying like box box seats and like a suite or something. It's just a whole lot of helping out where you're needed. And it's really important that if you're breaking into the industry that you go above and beyond in every single interaction that you do, because that's how you get noticed. And that's how I got noticed to get these other opportunities. And so that's where I'm at now. Uh, hoping to get back with the herd and bucks at the beginning of next season and starting to get ready for the timber rattler season in may i believe it starts in may that's really awesome yeah it's really funny because i actually was hired by the sacramento river cats in Mm -hmm. march of 2020 which is a triple a affiliate for the a's and um or for the giants excuse me and so I basically got that job as it was called cat crew. And it was kind of like where you're talking about, I, I basically run around and I try to get fans to participate in events. And I kind of do all that game operation stuff, literally went to orientation, got paid, have the job for a week and then bam, COVID hit. And I lost that job, got laid off obviously just cause there's no reason for me to yep. be there. And that was like my first actual job within the sports industry. And it was really disappointing. Cause like, I tried really hard to get that job and I got it. They offered me the mm-hmm. position and then everything just kind of fell through. And so I'm just thankful to start this podcast because it's kind of a way for me to break into the sports industry without having to actually get hired by anybody. And, you know, this has been a really good experience for me. So I, you know, for you, I, I wish you the best of luck, you know, getting back, you know, 
in the arena for the Bucks or, you know, with your, with your, um, with the baseball team as well. Uh, you know, you know, obviously we all hate COVID and it, yep. especially for us that want to be in the sports industry, man. Uh, it's, it's been tough, you know, trying to find those opportunities and those internships just because a lot of it involves uh face-to-face interaction. And that's basically yep. number one, no, no right now. So, uh, yeah, man, it's been rough, but you know, like you, you got your IG page and you're getting really, you're getting a lot of support and uh, a lot of interaction there. And so I'm pretty sure, you know, you're thankful for that, especially with COVID, man, you probably have yep. a lot of time to work on it. So, um, that's awesome stuff. Um, so let's actually dive into your Instagram days. So let's start off with spark NFL, man. That's what a lot of people know you as is yep. Spark. You know, I don't know how many people actually know you as Jake. A lot of people call, <laughs> call you Spark if they're talking about you it, to their friends and stuff. So let's talk about Spark NFL and uh, how did this opportunity get introduced to you? And just talk about how you got into Spark Sports spe- uh, specifically. Yeah, for sure. So um, I have a business partner. His name is also Jacob. So it's confusing. That's why... <laughs> I waited so long to release my name because you got two different Jakes running two different accounts, but it's under the same company. That's confusing as hell. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he had this vision of creating this brand, Spark Sports, and it, it took off. We have the main NBA page. It's at Spark underscore sports, where he posts about the NBA lifestyle, fashion, current events. And it just took off. And as I was watching him do this, keep in mind, we're good, we're good friends already. Okay. I was like, how can I be a part of this? Because I love what you're doing. And he's like, well, my next goal was to dip into the NFL world and the, all of that. And I'm like, well, the NFL isn't my favorite sport, but you know, I know enough about it where I could probably be pretty successful. So August of 2019, we buy an account that has like 30,000 followers on it, but it's, it's not active at all. And it used to be an NBA page. So my job was to transform it into spark NFL and take it to the moon. <laughs> and, okay. and so here we are almost two years later, growing it from 30,000 to over a hundred thousand. And I would have never dreamed that this would have happened. Uh, this past NFL playoffs, my account just took took off, took the NFL community by storm. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, because as, as you grow, you get more and more people that disagree mm. with you mm-hmm. and more and more people in the DMs calling you some things that aren't very nice and probably not repeatable on the podcast. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of how that happened. I just saw, I saw my man doing work. I wanted to be a part of it. Uh, he's like, let's do it. Let's make it NFL. I'm like, okay. Made that initial purchase. And the rest is, the rest is history. Two years of content every single day. I try not to miss a day at all, but sometimes you do need a break. Oh, yeah. That's advice for everybody. It's okay to take a day off of your phone. Like, please do it can yeah. be mentally mentally challenging so yeah yeah that's good stuff like when i was introduced to your page you were kind of at that point where you were breaking news before everybody did basically yep. and it was just so weird because like 
I, I don't know. I think you were probably around like 60,000 followers, maybe 50 to 60,000 followers. And um, you were just kind of breaking all of this news before I even got the alert from ESPN or the score app yep. on my phone, like probably an hour before. And I'm just like, what the heck is going on? Like, this is like, mm -hmm. this is top notch stuff, dude. And so that kind of leads into my next question. Obviously you don't got to give all the tips and secrets, but uh, how, how have you kind of been able to um, not only get the news out before everybody else, but to kind of get it out in a good format and a good layout and to just kind of like get that news out before everybody's mm -hmm. able to. Yeah. So <laughs> if you scroll back to my first ever post and you look at my graphics, they are absolutely atrocious. Like, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, it, it takes a lot of work to get to where I was at now with graphics and having that set template and all I got to do is plug and play pictures of whatever, whoever's happening in the news that day. Um, as far as getting my information, I obviously don't want to give away all my sources, but I will say that Twitter is key. Um, mm -hmm. Following beat reporters, following main sources of news, um, yeah. following talk shows and shows that you see on ESPN, ESPN2. That's what really helped me. Um, obviously, as I grew, I had beat reporters reach out to me and be like, hey, should I add you to my contact list when something happens? And obviously, nice. I say yes. So that's that's how it happens. Yeah. Nowadays, it's hard to get information out as fast as I can, because obviously I'm working I'm working nine to five mm -hmm. and I got all my other side projects on the side, but I'm still doing my best and I know everyone appreciates it whether they get it right away or a couple minutes later than other people so I mean it's going to keep pushing it out and with free agency approaching next month it's going to be a whirlwind it's going to be a lot yeah definitely um I, I also do kind of you know briefly want to get into the new brand that you just launched literally today mm -hmm. as we're recording but uh I think this will be kind of a fun topic for the fans we all know about spark NFL expert Lola uh yes. you know your 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 precious dog um mm -hmm. talk talk about that man how did you get lola and uh what kind of impact does she make on your life man i know uh you know uh, from what i know you know you're a single dude and so you know she's, mm -hmm. she's probably your number one you know your, your partner in crime your uh your robin to your batman talk, talk about lola man yeah so lola uh four years old in april so that's coming up soon um boston terrier i got her it's kind of a sad story, but uh, she was my uncle's dog um, and my uncle unexpectedly passed away um, a few years, few, year, few years ago. Wow. Um, so Lola needed a new home and grandparents didn't water. My mom said she didn't have the time for her. And then there's me at the time, a 20 year old college student. And I'm like, how am I going to convince them to let me have the dog? And I, I remember we're sitting, we're sitting at Perkins talking about what we're going to do with this dog. And I just, out of nowhere, I'm just like, what if I have the dog? And everyone just kind of looked at me and they told me to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and I came back and they're like, you can have the dog, but <laughs> if it's too much after three months, we don't want to get, have the dog get attached to you. So we will give the dog away to a great home. Um, obviously that didn't happen because here we are three years later, but yeah, I took her in when she was one. Um, she moved in 
it moved in with me in the frat house. So that was probably a lot different than just, yeah, probably a lot different than her current past environment, just living with my uncle in a one bedroom apartment. But that's where we are now. And I can tell she's a lot more comfortable here. And yeah, she's definitely my best friend. Uh, dogs are a man's best friend. I'm a big believer in that. If she if she wasn't around all day, every day, I don't know what I would do with myself. I would probably drive myself crazy living here alone. Um, but yeah, but then how she became Spark NFL expert, I honestly have no idea. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, her, I really, her picks are insane, though. Like, I yeah. mean, she, she, she's, I don't know, she's pretty good, man. Uh, you you I, found a yeah. hidden talent there. I think she only got two games wrong in the whole playoffs. And yeah. I think it was one of one was the Super Bowl. Um, which I might have forced her to pick a certain team, but maybe not. I don't know. But other yeah. than that, she was yeah, she was pretty good this offseason. I don't I don't even know how it happened. I'm probably posted just a picture of her one time and people were like, We need more of her. And then that's how that happened. And now I'm getting requests that she needs her own Instagram page. And I'm like, guys, I already just launch something new today. She, like, oh my God. Me it's so. just one, one thing at a time. Like just, <laughs> I mean, eventually if I can get where I want to be with all of this, she will eventually have her own page and she will be spinning out content daily, but I shouldn't say spitting. I should say barking out content. Daily. Yeah. That's more, but correct, yeah. until we get to that point, she will just be an analyst on the side. So yeah. Uh, that's awesome stuff man i really like that that's one of the main reasons i definitely wanted to just keep following you at spark mm -hmm. nfl just because not only were you pumping out awesome nfl news and breaking news and memes and content you were also implementing some of your personal life in there talking about lola and talking about some of your vacations and stuff like that yep. and just kind of stuff you're up to and i think it's really cool that you're able to kind of uh have that like professional but like personal page you know what i mean i think that's kind of what can separate spark nfl from other you know nfl pages where it's just strictly nfl content and you yep. don't really get to know the person personally so um that's really great man uh i want to kind of hop into your new brand dude uh perfect timing you know i yes. i've you know we kind of planned to record this about a month ago for me and so i, I didn't even know at the time you were going to be launching your own brand but it literally launched today the seventh inning beer um, I, I read the post and you described it in the post, but let's just start with how you came up with the name and just kind of briefly talk about how, how this came about, dude. Like, how did you realize this was something that you wanted to do? Yeah. So, um, obviously I already stated that baseball is my sport. It's my passion. It's the sport I enjoy watching the most, reporting about the most and being involved with the most. And I'm like, so how can I make this happen? So with the permission of my business partner, I was like, hey, can I use the backup account of Spark NFL to launch my own thing? Like, don't get me wrong. I love Spark Sports. I love everything about it. I love the community. I love our vision for the future. But at the same time, I have this platform. Why not, why not try to launch something myself and see what happens, see where it yeah. goes? And that's just going to open up more doors for me and possibly open up more doors for people that have been with me and who want to get that break into the sports industry a chance to do so. So the hardest part about anything Instagram related is finding an account name that fits you as a person and is actually available to use. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
trust me, the seventh inning beer was not my first choice, but I still think it fits me as a person very well. I love baseball. I love beer. You do. They work yeah. well together. Yeah. And the idea of the seventh inning is when you're at a baseball game, the seventh inning is a time to get up, relax, scream a little bit, sing some songs and chug the rest of your beer before you head out. And that's the type of community I want there. I want, I want it to be relaxed, but at the same time, like we can fire off friendly banter at everyone. And if they don't agree with us, I mean, it's so be it. And I just want it to be a place where I can not only provide news about the MLB, but help people who might not understand the game that much, understand it more moving forward. And honestly, right before I jumped on here with you, I put, I put that out there in my story. I'm like, Hey, I'm seeing in the comments, you guys are, you guys are following me because you like me, but I, I want you guys to understand what's going on. So please reach out and ask me questions about anything baseball related. And I will try to get back to you as fast as I can. So I encourage you for not following it already. Go give it a follow. So no, yeah, that, that's awesome stuff, man. And I, I think, you know, just for anybody who's going to be listening to this from the spark NFL community, please make sure to go follow this page, especially if you're into baseball content. Like I am, I, as soon as I woke up and I, I saw the, the spark story, I went over, followed the page just because I love baseball. And like he said, just on the podcast, ask your baseball questions, man, ask away, figure out what the page is about. He, he loves interacting with all of you guys. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that awesome stuff, dude, and best of luck to you with that and spark NFL. Again, you're a busy guy. Um, I have a couple more questions just about, uh, how your Instagram experience has been. And then we're going to get into some NFL talk. Um, obviously I wouldn't say you're a Tom Brady hater, but you have a lot of Tom Brady slander. You know what I mean? I mean, you already said Jimmy G's your least favorite player. So I don't think you hate Tom Brady as an individual. You just have the stats to back up that he's not the goat. So with all of the Tom Brady slander specifically, or just your other hot takes and hot opinions that people just absolutely hate. Um, how have you been able to kind of dodge the hate and sort of have it just go over your head? Cause like you said, they're saying some stuff that can't even be repeated on this podcast. And honestly, some of the stuff gets to you. So to talk about how you've been able to kind of get that to fly over your head. So it doesn't bother you that much. Yeah. So <laughs> to start off with Tom Brady, I don't hate Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't people think I do, but I don't, I just don't like how he gets treated like the second coming of Jesus. He throughout his whole career has had an elite defense on their side of the ball. He's had weapons. He's had elite coaching and he, he, I mean, he's obviously playing the quarterback position. He's doing it well, but I just don't see anything from him that makes him a generational talent or someone that should be considered the goat. And I know people use the seven Super Bowl rings in their response. I've probably seen it thousands of times in my messages. But <laughs> the Super Bowl is a team game. Last time I checked, Tom Brady doesn't play all 22 positions and he's not coaching all 22 players out there. So, I mean, no, I, I, I don't like Tom Brady, but I don't hate him. I just don't like how the media and his fan base treat him so highly when in all reality he has maybe the talent of a player like Jimmy Garoppolo 
he throws checkdowns, he makes safe plays. He's not anything special. Where you see guys like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes out here throwing with their eyes shut, throwing sideways from 30 different arm angles. Like that's I, that's just my opinion. That's how I value evaluate quarterbacks. I value talent more than just making the right play. And I value talent and arm strength and arm accuracy a lot more than just winning and all of that. And I know other people are like, winning is everything. That's why Tom Brady's the GOAT. I get that. But at the same time, you don't see people claiming Robert Ori is the GOAT because he has seven rings. He he has seven rings. He was an average NBA player who served his role on teams that had much better players around him. So that's that. Um, I think that's the first time I've actually like spewed it all out there. Uh, most of the time it's just in post. So that was pretty mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, dude. I I, I was going to get to that later. I, I was mainly trying to get to like how you dodge the hate, but I love how you kind of just went off on your little t- Tom Brady tangent. Yep. Everybody's yeah. going to love hearing that. Yeah. But to dodge the hate, honestly, it starts with not not responding to people who don't follow you. If they don't care enough to give you the follow and support you, then I don't need to reciprocate that back. Because most of the time, the people that aren't following me are the ones sending the nasty messages. So that's as simple as going into your requests, looking to see if they follow you, click delete. You don't even have to look at the message. So Mm -hmm. other than that, people that do follow me, don't disagree with my stuff. You just got to take it with a grain of salt. You look around in the sports media industry, people don't like Skip Bayless. People don't like Stephen A. Smith. People don't like Max Kellerman. And they're still out there doing their thing. They're making a career out of it. And honestly, I see it as an accomplishment that so many people disagree with me. It means that I am popular enough as an individual and my account is going places if I have people that care enough to look at my posts and disagree with me. Cause that, I don't, I don't know if that really makes sense, but I mean, you just got to take it with a grain of salt and know that you're doing something right. If you got people that are mad at you. Exactly. Yep. I was just going to, yeah. That last point where you said like, I love Stephen A. Smith personally, and you're never going to agree with everything a, a sports yep. analyst says. I mean, they're not robots. You know what I mean? We're yep. all human. We all have our own opinions and, you know, the better opinions come when you have stats to back it up, but you're going to get disagreed with, you're going to get hate. But like you said, you have people that disagree with you. You have hundreds, thousands of people that are DMing you and telling you that you fucking suck, you know, stuff like that. So (laughs) it's like, you're doing something right. Cause otherwise they're not going to be reaching out to you. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't put in that effort because they know that you're somewhat of a big name, that you're somewhat of your opinion is somewhat relevant in the NFL yes. community. And so that's why they're messaging you. You don't have 400 followers. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. have 100K. So it's awesome stuff. Two quick questions before we get into some NFL talk. Um, so recently with like NFL specifically, I think it was, what was it? Like Carson Wentz to the Bears, I believe. Stuff like that. So when you get rumors or, or stuff that just gets publicly announced that is just, they're just shit reports. They're not even true. How do you filter out all of the bad rumors and bad reports of people getting traded or people getting signed and stuff like that around not just the NFL community, but just in general? What, what's your tactic to kind of filtering out all of that um, not true 
slash, you know, lies that that's getting put out there at times. Yeah. So whenever I find a source that I may not know, um, I, I do research and I go and see how reputable are they? Have they actually gotten other things right before? And if I'm seeing even the slightest bit of doubt, I just don't worry about it and I don't post it. If I see that they get generally pretty good reviews, I'll go ahead and post it. I don't miss on a lot of stuff when it comes to news. I think the only thing that I missed on so far this offseason was the Bears being the front runner for Carson Wentz. But at the same time, I also knew that the Colts were also front runners. So I thought that if I put both of those out there, like obviously one of them is going to be right, one of them is going to be wrong. Uh And I think if you label the post as rumors, people aren't going to take it like, okay, this could happen, but it's not the end of the world if it doesn't happen because it's just a rumor. Whereas if you label it as a breaking news or a report, people are going to think it's credible to the point. um, And then they get upset when it doesn't happen. So that's how you gotta, that's how you gotta differentiate your posts. Um, you gotta know what's a rumor. You gotta know what's a report. You gotta know what's breaking news, breaking news. Russell Wilson gets traded to the Cowboys for blah, blah, blah. That's breaking news. Cause it literally just happened. Mm-hmm. Let's say two days prior, uh, the Cowboys reach out to the Seahawks and make an offer. You have that information. That's a report. Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened yet, but it's out there. And then, like, let's say it's last week and Russ dropped his four teams he would want to go to. That's a rumor because, obviously, all four of them could happen. You don't know which one's going to happen. It's a rumor that he wants to go to these four teams. You don't even know if he has other teams or he's leaning towards one team more than the other. So it really just comes down to knowing your sources, knowing who's credible, who's not, and then how to differentiate how you put the news out there. Yeah, definitely. That's that's some good advice. I, I personally don't really use my Instagram page to break news. I just love mm-hmm. kind of interviewing people. So that's not something I do. But I, I follow some other smaller, you know, breaking news pages and stuff like that. And I'm not saying they're they're great. And you know, they're, they're doing an incredible job. But at times, it seems like it might be difficult to actually differentiate that the real news from the fake news, you know what I mean? So I think that's a good, that's a good point. You know, you gotta, you gotta find the sources that you trust. And then, you know, if, if they do something bad, then maybe you lose their trust. Maybe they made a mistake. Again, it, when it comes to breaking into the sports industry, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. So course, it's not too big yeah. of a deal, but uh, that's good stuff, man. Uh, one more question. So, you know, for you, for me, for anybody that wants to break into the sports industry via social media, what would you say, like, what is some advice that you would give to someone that is trying to grow a sports page, whether it's on Instagram or like, I find it very difficult to grow on Twitter, for example, like mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter. Let's just stick with those two. What, what, what are some of your, like, I don't know, you don't have to go on a 30 minute tangent. I bet I get, there's so much you could do, but uh, if you kind of just wanted to summarize it briefly, what would you say is the number one advice for, for people like us trying to break into the sports industry through social media? Yeah. So honestly, creating your own account and having a place to display your work is huge. Obviously you're doing that with your podcast, whether if you're listening, if you want to break news like me, if you just want to be creative and make jokes, if you're good with graphic design, get those templates out there that anyone can see. If you want to do podcasts like yourself, get that out there, get them uploaded, get them visible. You never know who's going to see it. And then at the same time, 
let's say you don't have any experience at all, you can put that Instagram account on your page. The first thing that was on my resume when I started applying for jobs last fall was Spark, Spark NFL mm -hmm. and all of the stats that I had to back up my progress and my succeed, like succeeding pretty well. And that's the reason why I was able to land a job in the pandemic. Like it's tough and there's not that many opportunities out there right now in the sports industry. Cause I was watching my colleagues drop left and right from their respective sports yeah. teams and it sucked. But if you're looking to get your foot into the door, I, whether it be a Twitter account, a Facebook account, Instagram, whatever you're most comfortable working with and whatever you have the most knowledge of for me, it's Instagram. That's why we're on Instagram. So that, that would be my first step in the right direction. And I get that. I get those messages a lot. What would you recommend you like, how can I grow? How can I provide the best like experience for my followers in my page? And I respond and I say, you have to be yourself. You have to be authentic. Um, don't, post regularly. I see so many accounts. People are like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I tell them post every single day. If you take a two week break, you're, you're done for It's hard. It's hard to recover from that. And I see that happen way too much. Even with bigger accounts, they're like, oh, I just want a break. They come back and their account just isn't the same. I even noticed it on my account when I left for Florida for four days last month, I came back and it took me about a week or two to get back to where I was. So huh. Post regularly, get your foot in the door, create an account, find a name that fits you, um, post about you, post about what you love to post about. That's really all that matters. And that's your first step in the right direction. Getting that on a resume is huge. Start sending them in uh, to sports teams. I know there's a bunch of different networking sites out there. I personally use LinkedIn the most. Um, if anyone wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, it's just my name, Jacob Eckberg. I would be happy to sit down and chat with you on LinkedIn and help you with whatever you need. So yeah, I'm definitely a resource for anybody who wants help breaking in the sports industry. And those would be the tips that I have. That's great stuff, man. That was the exact kind of answer I was looking for, you know, short and sweet, but obviously there's some stuff in there that... I think you bring up a really good point just about being yourself and being authentic. You know, it's hard to run a social media page when you're trying to be like everybody else. There's so many people in the sports industry. It's so saturated that you have to find a way to kind of separate yourself from the rest of the competition. And that's by being yourself because we're all different individuals. We're all unique in our own way. So, uh, that's some great stuff. So we have about 15, 20 minutes left. So again, uh, Jake, I really just want to thank you for hopping on and sharing your story about your personal story, just about how you fell in love with sports as a young kid and how you broke into the sports industry through baseball, basketball, football, and your, your social media work with Spark NFL and your new brand, the seventh inning beer. And you, you just have all this stuff going on. And I think for all of your followers who just know you as Spark NFL and just know you as the guy with the hot takes on Tom Brady are able to hopefully listen to this and just kind of see a more personal side of you. And that's exactly why I wanted you to hop on. And that's why I, I get everybody to hop on. I think knowing everybody's story is really important to uh, just helping them grow and, you know, building that personal connection. So I appreciate you sharing your story, man. It was honestly an honor to have you on and talk about your story and everything that goes on with you, man. Yeah, man. I mean, this has been really fun. I mean, I never really had someone reach out to like really try to get to know me as an individual where I would love to do that. And I'm, more than happy 
that we were able to do this today. So awesome. All right. So I got some NFL topics for you, man. This is really going to be really exciting. I know with all the stats, I know with everything, you know, you're going to have a lot more probably to say than I might just because I know it's literally your job to, to know about football and everything that's going on. We touched on the Tom Brady slander briefly, but I just kind of have a brief question. Um, when was the trigger point for you for when you realized, okay, I need to find some stats. I need to share my voice about how he is not the GOAT. Was it his win against the Falcons? Was it obviously it wasn't his seventh ring because he had it before that. What was that moment in whether it was Tom Brady's career, maybe it was something someone said on a show or one of your followers said, what was that moment that like triggered you and you were like, okay, this is dumb. I need to like, I need to go out and I need to, I need to voice my opinion as Tom Brady is not the GOAT. When was that moment? It was when it was, okay, it wasn't just one particular point. It was just repeatedly watching him in the playoffs do the bare minimum, but get the most praise for it. Whether it be his defense allowing nine points this past Super Bowl or the defense allowing three points in the Super Bowl against the Rams, and then you add in the luck of being the beneficiary of the 28 to three fiasco, arguably one of the worst choke jobs in sports history. And then you get the also lucky play of Russell Wilson throwing it at the one yard line. It all adds up and you gotta like, at that point I'm like, okay, let me do some more research and see, see what's really going on here. And then that's where I found in over 50% of his NFC or AFC championship games, he's playing at the level like Tim Tebow. I'm like, okay. And then <laughs> you look at it, the, the division he played in for 20 years, arguably dog shit. Dog yeah. Water, absolute dog. garbage. And I'm like, okay. So he's basically getting a free trip to the playoffs every single year. And he's got a top five, top 10 defense, 19 of his 21 seasons in the NFL. I, I just don't see how he gets all, how he can get all the praise for that. And I know that the quarterback is the most glorified position and all of that, but I would just encourage you to like, if, 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 you're, if you're listening, just do a little, take the research I did a little seriously and like, just know that there's a lot more guys out there that are doing a lot more with a lot less around them that aren't getting the praise. And it's, it sucks. Like, don't get me wrong, Tom Brady, I'm happy for him. He's got the seven rings, he's got all that. And people are gonna call him the GOAT, but I just don't see it that way. Yeah, I, I don't think anything's ever going to change my mind. So, yeah, it doesn't seem like it. And I think that's good stuff just because for me personally, this is going to sound bad. But if we're kind of taking out the statistics just from like an eyeball watch and just from literally growing up and from out of the womb, Tom Brady has just been the guy. You know what I yeah. mean? And I think for me. I always say this like with LeBron and Michael Jordan. I think LeBron is the boat. I think he's the best player of all time. I think athletically from a, a, a pure basketball player standpoint, I think LeBron just outdoes it in every aspect. I think for the greatest of all time, I still have Michael Jordan. I think he's, I think his legacy is better. I think he's more clutch. I think he, you know, he, he knows how to win when it matters most. And mm -hmm. that's kind of where I am with Tom Brady. I don't think he's the best of all time in terms of talent. He definitely isn't. I mean, there's probably, probably almost, I, there's at least five quarterbacks in the NFL right now that are more talented than Tom Brady ever was, 100%. Yep. And for me, I just, it, I have Tom Brady as the GOAT just because 
he literally has more rings than any NFL franchise. And that's just kind of the argument I have as just, I look at that and I'm like, how could I not say that? And it's just hard yeah. for me to say otherwise. But then again, man, I agree to disagree with you, man. I, I, I love your points. And I think you bring up a really good side to the argument. And I think, I think it's completely valid. And I love how you're able to kind of do that. So, yeah. And I mean, like I said earlier, I get that people value winning more than yeah. all of that other stuff. And that's why he's their goat. And I get that. But I, I agree with you. That's why I put out that big Brady post. It's like 10, 10 yeah, posts long. That was good stuff. And at the end of it, I'm like, you can't really determine who the GOAT is at the quarterback position because it's such a broad thing to look at. Mm-hmm. And that's why I broke it up in those three categories. The most talented, the, the GOAT of winning, which is Tom Brady, the GOAT of talent, which I think is Aaron Rodgers at the moment, but Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen could easily Mm-hmm. pass Rodgers if their careers keep going the way they are and then you got the stats kings like Peyton and Drew like it's just it's just so hard to really think that Tom Brady is the best at each one of those because I can tell you right now like you said there's at least five quarterbacks that are more talented than he was his whole career so yeah for sure man all right so I have some I have a bunch of NFL topics I still want to get through so let's spend like a minute or two on each one and I'll kind of just fly through these and get your take on it let's start with Russell Wilson do you think he's going to stay in Seattle I'll just start by saying I think he will I think the only thing Seattle really needs to do to help him out all he's asking for is protection all he wants is a good offensive line and if they get that offensive line when you have Russell Wilson in that offense I think the Seattle I think I think they'll be fine I think that division's really tough but I think he'll stay in Seattle and I think they'll be able to figure out and just get him an offensive line so where do, what are your thoughts on where Wilson's playing next year I think he's staying in Seattle um with guys like Orlando Brown available for trade guys like Corey Lindsley hitting the market all it takes is one move to make that man happy and yep. then you still got draft picks to work with so draft a guy sign a guy you already got half an offensive line that's ready to go ready to ready to help Russ if they don't do anything this offseason he's gone next yeah year. exactly Exactly. Agree. All right. So let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a huge Steelers fan. That's my football team. Um, It's tough. Kind of, you know, (laughs) you know, you and the Packers, man, it was actually really funny, totally off topic. But I remember I messaged Spark NFL when the Steelers played the Washington football team. I don't know. He picked the Washington football team to win that game. And as a Steelers fan, I messaged him. I'm like, I see you with that pick. I don't know what you're doing, but I see you with that pick. He was right. And uh, I was like, damn, okay. He was right. That was that was a good call. And I even as a Steelers fan, I, I know that we aren't legit. Like eleven and no, I knew we were gonna win the Super Bowl. It's just yeah. that's just not how the Steelers work. And you know, kinda like the Packers, they choke, but almost even more. Anyway, um so what are your thoughts on the Steelers sticking with Big Ben? Do you think he should be gone or do you think he should probably play like one more year and just kind of have some QBs in the wing trying to compete for a spot in a year or two? <clears throat> Yeah, I think Big Ben should come back for one more year. I agree. Because if they don't have him, they're stuck with Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph. Mason, Mason Rudolph, Devlin Hodges. I don't even know if he's on the team anymore or not. But Duck. And either of those two options aren't going to win you football games. With Big Ben, you have the experience. He knows how to win games. He knows, how, he knows the offense better than anyone. Um, so, yeah, sticking with him next year. But at the same time, I don't know if it's Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph that you want to take under Ben's wing and have him be ready for 2022. Or if you go draft a guy, I, I don't know. I'm not working in the front office, but I don't know what they want to do. But they, they got to 
plan for the future after Ben? Because I don't think I think he's got one more year. And then mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think he's got one more year too. I really hope we draft a QB. I, I like Dwayne Haskins. I think Mike Tomlin's a really good players coach. And I think if Dwayne Haskins is to turn his career around, it would be with Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. And I think that'd be a great story, honestly. So I, I would like Dwayne Haskins out of him and Rudolph, but I hope we start I hope we draft a QB. That way there's some competition in there. That way we get a decent quarterback. You know what I mean? Yep. Um perfect. So again, now I kind of want to jump over to JJ Watt. I think this is interesting. You're a pretty big Packer. Not a pretty big. You're a huge Packers fan. <laughs> I'm a huge yeah. Steelers fan. Those are two of probably like four teams that J.J. Watt is getting a lot of buzz around. Obviously, he's he's tweeting some funny stuff on Twitter, man. He's just trying to live his life right now. But obviously, it's probably one of the big talking points of the NFL offseason. Where do you think J.J. Watt ends up? Where I want him to end up is in Green Bay. Where I think he's going to end up is Buffalo. Okay. Um, both of those franchises give them the opportunity to win and win right now. Um, I guess you could also say that with Cleveland. I know they're in the mix, but I th- still think they're not quite at the level as the Packers and Bills. Um, if you look at the Packers' weaknesses last year, it was the, the front four, front three, front four. And if you look at the NFC Championship game, they got no pressure on Tom Brady. He was able to sit back there and just do whatever he wanted. And I think the addition of J.J. Watt goes, goes a lot further into helping the Packers make the Super Bowl next year than potentially drafting or not drafting or picking up a wide receiver, wide receiver two in free agency. So, Yeah, definitely. And I agree with you in terms of like, as a Steelers fan, I want him to go to Pittsburgh. But honestly, yeah. a lot of that buzz is just because the other the Watt brothers, brothers are there. <laughs> that's, that's like half the reason that people are saying he's going to go to Pittsburgh. We already have a great defense. We don't really need J.J. Watt. It would just be cool mm-hmm. to have him on the team. But, yeah, I think Buffalo is probably the best fit for him just because, I, again, I think Buffalo or Green Bay, I think those are going to be the two teams that are going to be like the front runners down the road. But Either way, I, I'm, I'm really happy for J.J. Watt, man. It looks like no matter where he goes, he's going to basically a Super Bowl contending team. Even yep. the Browns, theoretically, with J.J. Watt are going to be, you know, oh, yeah. underdog Super Bowl contenders. So I think I think it's going to be really good for J.J. Watt either way. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him for sure. He deserves it. Um, yeah. All right. So you think the Green Bay Packers are winning the Super Bowl this year, yeah? That's your pick? That's who I want to see in the Super uh-huh. Bowl. I want to see the Packers Bills. I've been yeah. wa- I wanted to see that last year. It didn't happen. I don't yeah. see why it couldn't happen next year. Obviously, the Packers are gonna have to outduel the Rams and the Bucks, maybe the Seahawks, depending on what they do. And the Bills are obviously gonna have to go up against the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Browns. And all of those teams have a pretty equal shot to they make the right moves this offseason to make a run for it. But I wouldn't be a true Packer fan if I didn't say that they would make the, the Super Bowl next year. And so I will come out and say right now, I, I think they will. I think they'll make the right moves in the draft. I think they'll sign, whether it be J.J. Watt or a wide receiver in free agency to help. And I think they can get the job done next year. I like it, man. You know, as a Steelers fan, it's hard, but we aren't going to make the Super Bowl next year. No, I'm no. a huge. Yeah, I know, I, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not that type of fan. Okay, um, but I'm a huge Josh Allen fan, and I love how you are also a huge Josh Allen fan. Had him on fa- my fantasy football team last year, and I literally became a Josh Allen and Buffalo Bills fan. Like they were so fun to watch. Like they are yep. probably like my second favorite team right now. I'm not even going to lie. So I would love to see Packers and Bills. I'd love to see Aaron Rodgers 
go for his second Super Bowl ring and Josh Allen go for his first. I think that'd be incredible. But then again, the Chiefs, it it's hard. It's going to be yeah. a hard path for it to happen, but I'd love to see that happen. Um, I, I do an Instagram Live every Sunday morning, and I had someone come in, and I, I really liked the question. He told me to name my NFL MVPs for the next five years, which was hard. I kind of just did it on the spot, but I'll give you mine. So I had Kyler Murray year one. I had Josh Allen year two. Who did I have year three? I, I'm totally. I had Aaron Rodgers year three. I had oh, wow. Dak. I had Dak Prescott year four, and year five I had Patrick Mahomes. So those were my five. I I tried to do it in order. Honestly, it can kind of go in any order. Mm-hmm. Those are the five I see. I think it's a it's a quarterback award. Dak's kind of my dark horse pick. I don't like the I don't like the Cowboys. I really don't. I, I, I they're annoying. I don't really <laughs> hate Dak Prescott. But because he's on the Cowboys, I don't really like him. I just feel like as a dark horse pick, if if he is able to carry that Cowboys team to like a deep playoff run in the next three years, I feel like he could put up a good year and get it. But uh, give me like your next five MVPs. It can either be in order or out of order. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. Josh Allen's definitely in there. Yep. Patrick Mahomes is obviously in there. Ah. <sighs> I wanna, I wanna, I wanna say Matthew Stafford, and it's okay. gonna be in the in the next three years. Cause nice. yeah, I think he's he's got good running backs behind him. He's got a solid offensive line. He's got a defense that can get him the ball back whenever he needs the ball back. And he's got Woods and Cup and Higby. So I know that division's tough as far as defense goes, but I think he can get it done. So that would be my dark horse, Stafford. Okay, so we got like Stafford, that. Allen, Mahomes. I wouldn't be surprised if a wide receiver won it one year. Okay. I don't know who it would be, though. Maybe a guy like Devontae or Calvin Ridley, who's on the come up. Juju Smith or a guy like, No, I'm just kidding. Or, <laughs> or a guy like Justin Jefferson or Stephon Diggs, even. like. Yeah. One of those guys. Um, yeah. I And then my fifth one, I'll just throw in Rodgers because I know he's still got so much more left in the tank. And I know he's going to be – He's going to be playing well past his current contract. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, just real quickly, uh, I didn't really have this in my notes, but what are your thoughts on Kyler Murray? I, I, I know, I, I feel like you're a little like up and down with it. I don't think you think he's going to be the best mm-hmm. quarterback in the league, but I, I, I think you, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you made a reference saying that he's going to turn out better than Lamar Jackson. Was that right or no? I, I feel like there was a post where you said that like he might turn out better than Lamar. I'm not sure, but give me a quick thoughts on Kyler Murray. I Yeah, I like Kyler Murray more than Lamar Jackson when it comes to just being a better passer. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I think his career will last longer and he'll be able to develop more. Um, obviously, the height concerns me, but other guys have been able to make it worse, work, like Russ and Drew Brees and all that. So I'm not – it's concerning, but not to the point where – I mean, I'm just really – I'm not a fan of like mobile, like I wouldn't say mobile quarterbacks, but like ultra mobile quarterbacks, like Lamar, like Kyler. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that style of play works in the NFL when you got just linebackers and safeties coming for your head left and right. Um, but yeah, I would say Kyler, I think he has more upside than Lamar. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, I mean, I have a running joke on him every time, <laughs> every time he loses the game, I post that quote yeah. that he had, I think it was rookie year. He's like, I'm not here to lose games. And they ended up like tanking that last part of the season. It was hilarious. Just post that week after week. <laughs> Dude, it's one of the more interesting things I've seen. Cause after that win against the bills, after the, the best play of the year, literally, yep, D-hop. I'm like, okay. Damn, the Cardinals are for real. They're gonna. This is gonna be a huge confidence booster. They literally just like. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what happened, but it's like they lost confidence. It's like, all right, this is gonna be the highlight of the year halfway through the season, and then we're just not gonna do anything. Like, it was so shocking to me. I just did not see them doing that bad after such an immense play. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I have two more topics I want to fly through, and then we're gonna wrap up this episode. The NFC West is insane this year. You have the Seahawks, you have the Cardinals, and you have the Rams, and you have the 49ers. So who do you have coming on top of the NFC West? And who do you have coming at the bottom? Do you think they're all going to make the playoffs? Who's getting left out? Who's going to be on top? Yeah, so I think the Rams are going to be on top. Okay. I think adding a QB like Matthew Stafford takes them above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, I think McVay was limited with what Goff could do. And now that he has a QB like Stafford um, that can make things happen, I think that takes him above and beyond. And I think that takes him to maybe even the first seed in the NFC. Mm. Um, depending on what the Seahawks do, if they don't help Russ, I can see them falling all the way to the bottom of that division. I agree. Yeah. That's why I have their defense. Defense is average. Jamal Adams is all talk. I mean, he can sack the quarterback, but he's a safety. He's supposed to be covering wide receivers. I don't know. And then the Cardinals, I would hope they would get better next year, but you never know. I'm not really sold on Cliff Kingsbury as a coach. Yeah, and then I think are. the 49ers, no matter who is that quarterback for them, they'll with that defense and their run game and their O line, and you got Kittle as a security blanket, they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. So Rams on top, Seahawks, Cardinals at the bottom would be what I go with. Nice. Yeah. I, I have the Seahawks finishing at the bottom and then I have the Rams finishing at the top. I think the Niners would take that second spot and then yeah. the Cardinals at third. All right. Uh, last kind of question before we wrap up this episode, just kind of wanted to get your take on who is going to be the best player coming out of this draft class. Obviously a lot of buzz around Trevor Lawrence going to be the next goat. That's how it is every single year with whoever the most, uh, you know, media friendly guy is and this year it's trevor lawrence you have zach wilson you have mac jones um i'm not too familiar with the college football i i, I try to keep up a little bit with the big names and stuff like that but i just kind of wanted to get your take on who you think is going to blossom the most in the nfl from this year's draft class yeah uh, i'm with you there i don't really follow the college scene a whole lot um don't really focus a lot of my attention on the draft i'm more focused on free agency and potential mm-hmm. moves that could happen there but I've been seeing the name, i probably going to butcher it, Pene Sowell, offensive tackle. Okay. He's NFL ready. He's probably going to be a top five pick. Whoever gets him is going to have a security blanket, whether they decide to play him at right tackle or left tackle. And for a team that may be lacking a franchise quarterback or lacking protection for a franchise quarterback, that's a guy that can solidify that for you. Yeah, definitely. 
All right. Well, I was going to wrap it up with your Super Bowl pick, but you kind of already said you want Packers-Bills, and I think that's kind of what I'm going to say, and I want to. So that does kind of wrap up all of my NFL talk, which means that does wrap up this awesome, amazing episode of Austino Sports Talk. Again, I just want to thank Jake for joining the show, telling us his personal story about how he fell in love with sports, how he broke into the sports industry. And I'm really hoping that some of the listeners from Spark NFL are really going to enjoy him not just post about his opinions, but actually speak upon his opinions. And I think hearing him actually tell it to me was was really fun to hear. And you can kind of see that he he knows what he's talking about. And uh, you know he might be he might be the next Stephen A. Max Kellerman. Man. He's he's on the way to it. And uh, please go follow him at Spark NFL. And please go follow the seventh inning beer the brand he just launched today. If you're coming over from Spark NFL, I would love for you to support Austino Sports Talk. I'd love for you to check out my page and drop a follow. I have polls on my story every day surfacing around football, basketball, and baseball. I have episodes that drop weekly around baseball, basketball, and football guests within the sports industry. I'm at Twitter, at, and then my ad is Austino Sports. I'm also on YouTube, so if you want to watch the video version of this and kind of see our reactions to everything and kind of get that face-to-face feel, please look up Austino Sports Talk on YouTube to get the video version of this. And again, just thank you for joining this episode. And again, immense thank you to Jake for for joining me for this hour. And this was an incredible time. And I think a lot of people are going to be hyped to hear your story. And I know I was too. Yeah, man, I had a blast. Thank you for reaching out to me and making this happen. All right. Peace out, everybody. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you, everyone. Peace out. Thank you.